It's Bell Let's Talk Day. And uh, I forgot to ask the representative for the foundation how many years we've been doing this for. I don't know if you guys on the other side know. But, you know, at the beginning, it was considered almost revolutionary because it really was one of the last taboos, if not the last taboo, to talk about mental health. And a lot of people suffered in silence or they regarded any mental health issues somebody might face as an implicit weakness. So if somebody developed anxiety in the workplace, they were never going to tell anybody about it. And they'd probably mask it with something else. Yeah, I can't come in today. I'm not feeling well. I got a cold. Whatever. Campaign started in 2010, did it? All right, that's uh, Donnie Coulter on the other side of the glass. So this is the uh, 14th iteration. But, okay, so we, we started, let's get rid of the stigma, let's talk openly about mental health, but it was also this big, frothy, fussy day where everybody's on social media and everybody's texting, and it's how many texts have you sent, and did you hashtag it? Did you see that Ellen DeGeneres texted, and that amounted to this? And for every text five cents was going to mental health, but they were always going to give the same amount, you know? So we kind of set that aside after a few years, and now it's more about having open conversations about mental health, trying to advance awareness about mental health issues, and just getting people to reflect on it today and every day moving forward. And if your mental health is not as well as it could be or should be, then to start taking measures. And as I've said many times on the show, sometimes it's very simple stuff. I mean, some people have genuine mental health issues and require treatment and all of that. Other people can, through things like meditation and gratitude and maybe talk therapy, can radically improve their mental health. But I did get to thinking, okay, so what conversation are we going to have on this mental health day, on this Bell Let's Talk day? And I thought it was time to kind of take stock, or as they say in the marine industry, take a sounding of where we are collectively in the wake of COVID. Dr. Mark Berber is assistant professor in psychiatry at the University of Toronto and joins us now. Good to have you, sir. Good morning. I think there's a general sense that collectively our mental health is not what it could be these days. And in some respects, we're still trying to escape the vortex of COVID. I don't know if there's been enough time for there to actually be clinical research on this, but what kind of a pulse do you have? There is a terrible shortage of psychiatrists. There was a shortage before COVID, and it's only worse now. It's interesting. I came from Ireland many years ago at the invitation of the Ministry of Health of Ontario because there was a shortage of psychiatrists. That was many years ago. And um, things were only getting worse. Um, family physicians approached me all the time and asked me the same question. Are you taking new patients? So what happened is COVID came along and um, offices shut down. Um, physicians and psychiatrists especially went to Zoom. And one of the biggest problems now is access to good mental health care. And it, the COVID pandemic didn't make that happen, but it sure has exacerbated the problem. What about, and I don't know if you're a Jungian, but I'm, I'm wondering about our, about our collective um, mental health and the zeitgeist, as he would say, is there a, sort of a different way that people are reflecting on their place in society and, you know, that can be traced back to having gone through that miserable period of time? I don't think it has anything to do with Young or the Zeitgeist. I think it has to do with 
access to someone who's trained and who can listen carefully to the problems that people are presenting with. I think the main thing is having someone to listen and to make an accurate diagnosis because many people are stressed out because they're challenged with loss of um, jobs, with the poor economy, they're threatened, they can't afford their mortgage. And so this is a stress reaction. And so a lot of times we've got to um, clarify whether it's just normal stress to what's going on in the world or whether it's a clinical depression or a clinical anxiety disorder. I think that's the most important thing we've got to do now, as always, is make the right diagnosis. In other words, it's not just a matter of throwing pills at people. We've got to really listen to what they're suffering from and make the appropriate adjustments, if we can, to their lives. So if somebody does need professional help, what is the fix if there's this tremendous shortage out there? I mean, I know I hear radio ads uh, for these services where you can, you know, there's 25,000 therapists standing by. We can talk to you on Zoom or talk to you uh, on the phone. But that sounds like the McDonald's of uh, psychiatry and uh, psychology. A lot of the advertisements are real and they do provide help, but it's expensive. So uh, if you want to um, see a social worker, for example, it'll cost um, a minimum of 100 usually $150 an hour. It's not covered by OHIP. If you want to see a psychologist, you're talking about $200 an hour. So these are expensive services. They're excellent, but they're expensive. And as I said earlier, the OHIP funded, if we're talking about Ontario, the government funded programs, although they're available, they are very hard to access. So my first step would be to advise a patient to talk to their family doctor, their general practitioner, because that's often the first step. And many family doctors actually have um, nurse practitioners. That's become a new item now who can help within the practice so they can give a lot of support to um patients who are suffering, and that service is covered by governmental programs. Now, if somebody feels that they have mental health issues, but they're not, you know, debilitating, I wonder just day to day, uh, are there things that you would recommend that somebody can do that they don't, you know, they don't need a therapist, but they could have better mental health? That's a great question. What should you do? I think the first thing to realize is, do you have a problem that requires um, professional help. And a good clue to that is whether you feel your functioning is impaired. So for example, many people can have depressed days, anxious days, but they still go to work. They still interact with their family. But if you find you're having these symptoms, you can't sleep, your mood is off, you feel irritable all the time. And if you feel your functioning is affected, in other words, you don't want to go to work, you don't want to interact with your family, there's impairment of functioning, we call it, then we know that that person needs more than just um, a, a relaxation program. But if, you, if you're just stressed out, there are lots of things you can do to relieve that. Um, for example, if it's not too cold, go for a walk, um, do mindfulness exercises, keep fit, uh, eat a healthy diet, make sure your sleep is good. Many of these um you know, motherhood and apple pie techniques are still very effective, but we've seen to have thrown them out of the, out of out of sight. And we we always want a fancier fix. You know, sometimes just simple steps are very effective. Thank you very much for this. Good to have you. Thank you for having me. Good luck. Dr. Mark Berber is an assistant professor in psychiatry at the University of Toronto.